Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, today's episode is just me sharing some thoughts on a variety of topics, talk a little bit about mowing, talk a little bit about my adventures bowling, uh, and then also talk about kind of the merits of gaming. Gaming is a subject I talk about quite a bit on the podcast, and rather than diving into a specific game or even a specific genre of games, I just kind of wanted to talk about the uh, the, the gaming as a, as a medium in and of itself uh, and the merits of that. And then at the end of the show, I've got some suggestions for, for content, whether that be music, movies, a YouTube channel, games, stand-up comedy. Uh, so be sure to check that out as well. As always, today's show is produced and the music is created by Misha Zarens. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, well, I think in most parts of the country, now that we're almost June, that it is uh, definitely in the full swing of mowing season. I know that's been true for me uh, for at least, I don't know, the last month and a half or so. I, I lived in an apartment for a long time, so I didn't used to have to worry about mowing. But then a couple years ago, I got a house, and so I have a, a yard. It's not really that big of a yard, uh, but regardless... It requires me to mow on a somewhat regular basis. And I have kind of a, a strange relationship with mowing. Like, I, I don't actually like it, and some people do. You know, you would you could say, well, who likes it? Some people do like it. You know, some of these dudes spend a lot of money on their mowers and a lot of money on their weed eaters. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it can get crazy if you want. I am not some, some lawn <laughs> snob guy or something. I, I don't care. I don't want it to look like... No one lives here, um, so I, I am incentivized to mow it so that I don't look like the, the crackhead in the neighborhood, but that's about it. I don't really care otherwise. Um, I've thought about hiring it out quite a few times, but it's hard for me to um, justify it because it's so easy, right? Like you literally just kind of walk in circles for, for 30 minutes to an hour, which is really not hard to do. And I'm... I'm just a pretty lazy person as it is, so I I find it difficult to <laughs> to say that walking in circles is is too hard uh, for me. I don't, you know, I like I I have to get a new roof soon. I'm not going to do that, you know. Or if I have to change my oil, I'm not going to do that. But I can walk in the circle in the yard. Like that's not that's not too tough. And, and the thing is, is that I would actually say that my least favorite thing about mowing probably isn't actually the mowing. Um, it's really the opportunity that it provides for the neighbors to have this passive aggressive judgment time on me. Um, you know, we all roughly mow at, at, at the same time and, and it's all normal. Everything looks good. And then after that, it's just kind of a standoff to see who, who has to break first. Um, I consistently demonstrate more fortitude than my neighbors. I, you know, they all feel like they need to mow a bit sooner than I do. Um, and, and, and what that means is that immediately after they finish mowing, I now have the terrible looking yard and it looks like I, you know, my house is lived in by squatters. And, and yet, you know, they don't ever say anything to me. They never asked me to mow it, but you know, come on, there's, there's some judging going on. There's, there's side eyes. Uh, I see when they back out of their driveway, you know, that there's just a look that they have. Um, 
and I, I don't appreciate that look. You know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need that judgment in my life. You know, like they're over here, like, oh, look at this guy. Does he ever even mow? You know, is he cooking meth in there or something? No, no, I'm not. There's nothing like that going on at all. Uh, and I don't want that stigma. So, of course, when they mow, I now feel prompted to mow. Um, however, the way I've, I, I've found that I can combat that actually is to not give in to their judgment right away, right? So if they mow and I can actually hold out for another, like, three or four days, now when I mow, my yard is significantly shorter than theirs. And so now I get to have the judgment. Now I get to look you know, sideways at people. Now I get to back out and have cute glances. Um, and so it's really, you know, mowing just breeds a lot of animosity. And I feel like that's something that's not, you know, really talked about enough, but, uh, maybe we, there should be like a support group or something for people who have these pass ag neighbors that just can't, you know, can't let it go. Um, and again, you know, if you were, if you were to come by and look at my house, you would see that, it's not like I live on a fucking golf course or something. I don't have flowers and pretty stones and shit, you know. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I, I, uh, I'll keep up with it as as well as I can, as well as I can. I don't have a riding mower. Some people, some people do that, and I get that. But my yard's not really big enough to justify it. So anyway, just suffice to say, I thought it was important to to talk about mowing and to. To, to let people out there know that you're not the only one that feels judged. And, um, and if you employ my tactics of going in a little later, then, um, you know, you, you can, you can win that judgment battle and you can feel better about, about, about who, who's getting judged in that scenario. I used to work for a lawn mowing company actually when I was a kid. And I gotta tell you, man, ro- running a mowing business is, is tough it's something that's really easy to get into because you need a truck and a mower um, and probably a weed eater. But because of that, there are so many people that are in, in the mowing space. And so it's almost like a, you know, like it's a commodity in so much as just that it's really hard to, to charge anything for it. So, you know, like in this area, I think probably the going rate for a yard at this point in time is probably like 35 a yard. You know, maybe you can go up to 50 if it's like a really big yard, but that's it. And, and it sounds like, yeah, but it only takes them 20 minutes to knock out the yard. Well, that's true, except it also takes them probably half an hour to load up the stuff and drive over to your place. And then if that was the only yard they had to do, then they'd have to take it back home and unload and all that. So there's this other time that goes into to mowing, uh, running a mowing company at least, that's that's not that's not obvious, you know, when you're actually at the spot mowing. And so really what it turns into is just a logistics game where you have to have a ton of yards all lined up in order to make it work. And and that's really all it's about. Like, it, you know, um, my mom actually just recently had a mower who was offering to mow for the whole neighborhood. But then he couldn't get his his large riding mower into her backyard because the gate was slightly too narrow. So he just walked away. Like he just canceled the whole thing because he couldn't he couldn't do it that fast. And again, it's just a logistics game. Like you're trying to get as many yards as you can in that short time. The work of the mowing, though, I mean, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's not that bad. You're just kind of walking around, or if you've got riders, then you're just sitting and chilling and, and just kind of going through it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's not a it's not a fun industry to jump into. I don't actually know why I went into talking about the mower industry. I guess it just made me think of it talking about my own mowing. 
Um, but yeah, if you're looking to be an entrepreneur, probably don't don't start a mowing service. You'd think like, oh yeah, mowing service, easy peasy. I can, no, don't do that. And landscaping is super hard. And that's actually where you do make the money if you're going to do like a lawn care company is in, in landscaping. But that shit sucks. I worked, I did landscaping work for a while. I remember one time we were going to, to put in a new flower bed. And so they're like, all right, well, let's clear this area out. And so I, I thought that meant pick up like debris or something. No, you actually take a shovel and then go about an inch deep into the soil and then make squares, you know, that are, I don't know, the width of the shovel or so or something. Um, and, and you actually strip the ground off in these, these I don't know, six by six squares, whatever that is. I, I don't know if that's the right size or not, but whatever the width of a shovel is. Um, and yeah, you, that's what you do. You just manually pull the dirt up that way with a with a shovel in your hands. I was astonished. I couldn't believe... I mean, we have... We have fucking refrigerators that have screens on them so you can watch TV on your refrigerator and we don't have a better way. We don't have a, a machine or something that can that can do this. And I understand there's giant earth movers and that was not... That, that wouldn't have worked either because, you know, it's just a flower bed. But I need something handheld, folks. You know what I mean? Like, just like I'm not... Just like I'm not trying to mow with like a, a motorless mower, you know, where you just wheel the thing and then it just spins and cuts. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not trying to shovel this ground up like that either. Um, and you know what? Some of the rock walls and stuff that people get through landscaping, super cool looking. Some of the flowers people get, really pretty. But uh, the the amount of work that it takes to do that, not into it. Not into it. And see, this ties back into my laziness. Now you see. You know, maybe a, a bit more full-throated um, proclamation of my of my laziness. I'm not into it. I will walk. That's about it. And that's my name, right? So I can't I can't not walk. I think um, it's too hypocritical. But but pretty much, you know, very much beyond that, I'm probably Audi 5K on it. Um, yeah. Bottom line, don't let your neighbors push you around wait to mow a few days until after they've mowed so that you can give them the finger uh, I wouldn't actually give them the finger because you want to have you know at least uh, um, somewhat normal relationship with the neighbor you know it's never good to be at war with a neighbor but uh, but at least in your head you can give them the finger uh, don't start a mowing business if you were thinking about it because it's fucking hard and if you think oh well, we'll do landscaping because that's a great upsell you're right but you better like doing that shit because that shit is no joke. It is no joke. You'll get a truck full of gravel and spread that out for a few hours. Tell me how much fun that is. Anyway, have fun taking care of your yard.
So for those of you that have listened to The Walk Show for any amount of time or, or that happen to know me personally, uh, gaming is clearly a, a pretty big part of my life and a, a pretty big passion or, or hobby of mine. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we've done episodes about different games and different genres of games you know, on The Walk Show. And today I kind of wanted to just talk about gaming as, as a category uh, of entertainment instead of really about specific games or, or genres. Uh, I know some of the walk show listeners, you know, don't play games and some of my friends don't play games. And, and, and in a lot of cases, it's because they think that games aren't for them. And, and so the point of my, my, you know, bit here today is not necessarily to, to convince you that gaming is the best thing ever or that it should be your favorite hobby or your primary passion. It's more kind of the premise is, is that it would be strange if you encountered someone who said, that there was literally not a TV show that they were willing to watch or that there was not a movie that they were willing to watch or a song that they were willing to listen to. The categories of, of TV shows and, and songs and movies and, and even books, you know, reading are so broad that, that there's something for everyone. And I think gaming has kind of the stigma right now where um, it's, it's not a lot of people don't think it's for everyone. They think it's for a certain age group or a certain type of person or a person that has kind of specific interests. And it's just not the case anymore. Um, you know, if you look at the history of gaming over the last 40 years, for the first 20 years or so, I think you could make the argument that generally the, the most significant push or innovation, I should say, from within the industry was really in terms of visual fidelity. You know, the things that were pushing the bar were constantly new graphics and, and, and making things look better and better. Um, that still continues on, so I don't mean to say the graphics haven't still continued to improve and don't still, you know, they don't continue to push those, those boundaries today because they do. But I think we've had a level of, I, I think it's rare anymore that we're just blown away by the visuals of a game because there's kind of an established norm. And until a new generation of hardware comes out or some new technology that really creates this big leap, you don't really get that same level of excitement um, about, again, about, you know, increases in, in the visual quality of games. So again, for the first 20 years, it's probably more in line with visual qualities as far as the innovation goes. But then for the last 20 years, and, and really probably the last 10, even more so, you just have this really, really significant focus on on innovation within the types of games that are coming out. And that's largely due to the fact that there's uh, there used to be only a few major publishers, and, and it was hard and expensive to make games. And, and not that I should say it's not hard anymore, because it, it certainly is, but um, the barrier to entry is just significantly less. And so there's this huge independent published you know, indie gaming scene that has just blown up uh, again in the last 10 years or so. And out of that has just been born games that are for everyone, because there's so many different types. Um, and, you know, I kind of wanted to compare games to other kind of forms of, of, of entertainment. So, you know, if you look at like, let's say, you know, music or podcasts or anything that you listen to, it, it's kind of a passive experience, right? So most people consume this content while they do something else. Like right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably driving or shopping or working out or, or something else. Uh, this doesn't really require anything except that you can hear it. And, and it, it's again, None of this is supposed to be to diminish one thing over another or really rank these things as much as it's to say, like, 
just really to try and define the different level, levels of engagement. So in listening, you might, you know, hear something really profound or, or moving uh, or, or good information. And, and and so that's all still possible there. And then, you know, another category from just listening would be kind of shifting over to like TV or movies or video. This is a form that requires more engagement because you typically have to both watch and listen. And, you know, I would I would venture to say that most people would would struggle to fully watch something while doing anything else. So, you know, while you can walk and listen to a podcast, you probably can't walk, <laughs> at least not very safely, uh, while you watch a video. Um, the thing that, 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 so while they have different levels of engagement required, the thing that listening and, and watching typically has in common is that it doesn't really engage your mind beyond the need to listen. So, or, or to watch, it doesn't really to consume, I guess I should say, it doesn't really, you're not having to fill anything in. You're not having to make any choices. You're not having to create anything in your own mind. You're just kind of absorbing this information. So it's, it's a very passive experience despite maybe being one that, that requires your attention. So then I think if you look at reading, right? So I, I would place reading as being more engaging than either watching or listening because with reading, you know, obviously you have to look at it. So <laughs> that's there and there's not really something to hear necessarily, but, um, at least especially in like fiction writing, you have to kind of create scenes in your mind. And that's even, you know, honestly, it's even true in nonfiction still. I mean, you're having to use your mind to create visual imagery of, of what it is that you're reading and create context for what you're reading kind of in your head. And so while it, it looks passive, because you're just, you know, staring at a page and, and reading words and turning pages, your mind is actually really actively engaged when reading, I would say more so than than with TV or or music. Well, so gaming has all of the same features that, you know, the TV movie category has, except that it also gives the player some control over how the events play out. You know, at the very least, it requires the player to have some mastery over interacting with the game in order to beat it. Video games cover such a wide array of experiences Um You've got games like, like you know, really early games like Pong or Mario or, or even more modern games like Call of Duty that, you know, people are familiar with where in order to play that, you have to to be good at actually playing the game, controlling the character, shooting the gun, whatever it is that the game has you do. If you want to really get the most out of it, you have to be at least somewhat proficient at doing those things. Well, that's a big turnoff for some people because if you've never played, you know, an Xbox an Xbox controller is kind of intimidating. There's a ton of buttons on it, and if you don't have that muscle memory to know where all the buttons are, it can be hard to hit that stuff in time, right? And then you take it to, like, PC gaming, where you're playing with a keyboard and mouse. Well, the keyboard has <laughs> way more buttons than, than a controller would, right? So, again, it just introduces all this complexity. Um, but that's one kind of game, and, and that used to be kind of the, the prevalent or, or dominant kind of game. Uh, is, is one that requires you to have some mastery. But but now we've kind of gotten into a space where it's not, that's not the case. I mean, there's some, some games out there that are called visual novels where you're effectively going through, you know, kind of a book um, and kind of a step up from, from a visual novel where maybe, maybe you kind of think of it as like a choose your own adventure, right? Where you're, you're making choices maybe in how a character 
interacts with other characters in the story, but it doesn't have anything to do with you being able to execute a button press in a certain time frame um, or in response to something else happening in the game. Um, those kinds of games that are more story-based are often referred to as, as like adventure games. The, the most modern, incredibly popular adventure game franchise that I'm familiar with is, is this game franchise called, uh, or this publisher that's actually now out of business, but called Telltale. Um, Telltale has several intellectual properties that they make adventure games for, like the Fables series of graphic novels, The Walking Dead, the, you know, which is a graphic novel and obviously a very hugely successful TV show. Um, or, or there's also another one from the Borderlands series, which is a, it's itself a video game. And <laughs> so they made an adventure video game set in that same world. Um, but, but all of these games, you know, are these adventure games have really, really deep stories and really significant consequences um, of choices that you make. So maybe early in the game, you have an interaction with a character where you can choose to, to be nice to them or to kind of snub them. And then later on, you encounter them again. And now the decisions that you made in the early game affect how they'll interact with you later in the game. Maybe you need their help now. And based on if you help them or snub them, they'll now help you or snub you. And so it makes it interesting as the player because you're, again, you're making choices that are actually affecting the outcome of, of how this story, you know, kind of plays out. Um, so, you know, I think that gaming kind of gets lumped into the category with, with TV watching where it's like, oh, well, it's kind of a just a, a very passive consuming experience and I just I disagree with that I think that in games you know it, it's uh, it's it's much more than that because you're always making decisions whether it be in narrative like in those adventure games or whether it be in a game like like Mario where you've got a chasm to jump over and you have to decide <laughs> when you press the button to jump like you ultimately have to make the decisions if you don't make a decision to try and jump, you'll just run off into the chasm and now you're dead, right? Um, another thing that, that I think gaming has that that's not offered in the same way, you know, TV and movies and especially reading, but really the other two as well, you know, you don't do them with other people. And, and yeah, I know people go to the movies together and I know people watch TV shows together and, and sometimes like binge watch shows together in groups. But typically during that experience, you're not talking to each other. You're not interacting. Really what you're doing is you're consuming it simultaneously so that later you can come back and say, okay, now I, we've all seen it, so now we can talk about it. Now we can interact about it. Um, with games, though, there, there's stuff where you, where you can you can participate together and cooperate together and, and it might be in something like like a, a hardcore game like a call of duty or a halo where there's some show, social aspect to it where you can play with your friends but again you're probably going to have to be good at the game in order to to actually have you know much success with it unless you just don't care to, to lose <laughs> on repeat um but then there's games like massively you know multiplayer games mmos where there are some roles in those games or some some uh, play styles I guess you could say within those games that that require that hardcore you know mechanical skill but then you have it on the other side where there's things where you can like maybe make items and and sell them to other players and buy and sell items on a market and so you can participate in the world and have an impact on on other players experience and, and still be participating and still have those social interactions without having to be really, really good at the game. Um, 
you know, in gaming, if you think that you like to play a thinking person's game like chess or something, you know, there's turn-based strategy games like the Civilization series or the, the Total War Three Kingdom series that, that we did a preview on um, a couple months ago. That game just came out, by the way, and it is incredible. So if you if you uh, were interested at all in Total War Three Kingdoms, I 100% suggest that, that you check it out. Um, but yeah, you know, you take a game like, like chess, well, if you take it in chess, you know, you have your turns and, and, and it's not really about how fast you can move pieces or how fast you can move your hands. It's about how how quickly you can recognize situations and make good tactical decisions. And that's that's fun, right? That's the game. Well, those same mechanics exist in video games. So, you know, a game like Civilization, same thing. You're going around taking turns and, and in those games, because you're not playing with other people, you don't have any time limit typically so you could take as long as you want to make these turns so you can really kind of dig into these details and really immerse yourself in these game worlds um again that have nothing to do with if you understand how to to work 17 different buttons at a time you know to play a game like civilization it just requires you to use a mouse and it, and it, again nothing about speed all about just decisions based on on the information that you're seeing Again, you know, my point in explaining all of these different game types is, is not to try and say that gaming is, is better than watching TV or, or movies or that gaming is better than reading or, or anything like that. It's simply to say that, again, like I said at the beginning, it would be crazy to say that you didn't want um, to ever watch a TV show, that you refuse to watch a TV, any TV show ever because TV just isn't made for you or movies or books or music or anything like that. And I think that a lot of people do that with gaming. And so more what I'm trying to do is just invite you to try gaming. There's so many different experiences, whether it be you do want to be good at games and, and you know, have that mechanical skill and, and that part of it's fun to you. Like it would be if you were going to get good at playing ping pong or, or shuffleboard or pool or something like that. But again, if that's not your cup of tea and, and you're more into like, you think playing cards or playing chess or something like that, that's more, you know, stimulating in the mind and, and it doesn't have anything to do with how your reaction speed, there are games like that as well. And it's funny because I know a lot of people that, that think that they're not gamers, but they play Candy Crush or Bejeweled or, you know, a, a, a classic board game like a Scrabble on their phone you're playing a video game like you're you've already crossed the line so you shouldn't you shouldn't try and stigmatize them because you're already enjoying it you've already proved to yourself that you can enjoy it and there's you know really with mobile gaming there's so many options now um yeah i just wanted like i said to take some time to to say you should if you're not playing games you should definitely give them a look and if you guys have any questions or comments or, or have any uh, would like suggestions on what games would be, you know, fun to play based on what your interests are, by all means, hit me up, Walker at the Walk Show Podcast.com, and I'd be happy to give suggestions. I, I give game suggestions to my friends all of the time because uh, it's just something that I'm I'm really, really into, and, and while I don't expect that other people <laughs> get as into it as I am, uh, I, like I said, there's something for everyone.
So I recently went bowling. Um, been a long time since I'd been bowling. Uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. I don't know, something like that. Um, when I was like seven years old, I was actually on a bowling team in a bowling league. Um, it was all right. You know, I, I got my own ball, which at the time I thought was pretty cool. My mom still has it. Um, but I think I only actually bowled on that team for a, a few months. I got put on some random team with random other kids and, and we all got along okay. Uh, but I wasn't trying to like kick it with them outside of the bowling league or whatever. And, and since that time, I've probably bowled, you know, 10 times or less in, in my life. Um, so I went recently and, uh, and I just thought I would, would share a bit about that experience. Uh, I feel that I should preface by saying that I think that most parlor style games are, are kind of dumb and, and, you know, they're, they're fun for like 15, 20 minutes. And then after that, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, I've, I've reached the, the climax of what this can offer. Um, and when I say parlor style games, I mean, you know, pool, billiards, whatever, shuffleboard, darts, all that stuff, stuff that you can play at a bar. And I know bowling isn't done at a bar, although, you know, they bring the bar to bowling. Anyway, um, again, they're not horrible games. I just, I don't care to spend any time mastering them. And I find it gross <laughs> when other people find deep significance from being really good at these things. Like, it's cool if you're having fun. I'm not mad at it. But but that's not strut around while we carry our pool cue into the dive bar, you know? Like... Like, it's cool that you like it, and I'm glad that, that there's an opportunity for you to do something that you enjoy. Let's not let's not brag about it, though. You know what I mean? Let's not show up in, in, in a room of strangers and be like, yeah, cock of the walk right here. Like, nah, you, you, that's a pool cue dog. Anyway, um, the best thing about all of these games that I would say, though, bowling included, is that you usually get drunk while you do it. And America, I think, wholeheartedly agrees that things are more fun with drugs. So uh, good on, on society for pairing these middling activities with America's favorite drug. Um, the, the bowling alley that I went to recently had a VIP section that my group had reserved. And this is basically just like a smaller, dimly lit area that had neon lights everywhere. Um, it was cool, a little tacky, but, you know, I think that's probably just the fate of bowling alleys. I don't know that anyone's like, wow, this is, this is really nice. Did you have, is that European art pieces that you had? No one, no one thinks that you don't have that. Um, like how cool can you really make bowling and who are you making it cool for? You know, like, it doesn't matter what I think, because I'm not the customer, and, and honestly, I don't know, um, I don't know how much I would be inspired to go more often if it looked, if I thought it looked super cool. So it doesn't really matter if I like it. Um, I, you know, I would be out on it with any sort of regularity, I would say. Uh, I eat grape nuts, and that's enough regularity in my life. That's a, that's a constipation joke for you there, folks. Um, the next thing about bowling uh, that was that was cool was was the people I was with. Uh, everyone that was there was a lot of fun. Um, nobody was trying to 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 you know dick measure because of how good they were at bowling. Um, I would say everybody talked shit, but I don't know if that's true or if it was just me that talked shit because I that's I love that. Um, but either way, we all had a good time and laughed and 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 yeah, it was fun. 
And so I would say that the top two features of bowling are not the bowling activity itself. It's the the friends that you can be there with and then the drinking, um, which friends and drinking is like the foundation of maybe 99% of all fun activities. So, um, yeah, bowling gets in line, you know, with the rest of life. As far as the, the actual bowling itself, you know, uh, what can be said? Uh, you, know, you throw the ball down the lane, you hope you don't fuck it up super bad, you listen to some cheers or some jeers, and then you sit back down. Um, some people think the shoes are really cool. I don't really get that. It's fair that I don't have some excellent shoe fashion sense, but I don't get the bowling shoes. I also didn't like any of the, the balls that they had. The, the weight didn't really matter to me, but the finger holes were just too small. Like my, so my, what would happen is my fingers would kind of like pop out uh, when I would release it because the, the fit was too tight. And that isn't really a big deal except that I get super worried that, that the thing that happens to people with rings will happen to me. I don't know how to explain it, but like Jimmy Fallon had it happen a few years ago, so you can look it up on, on YouTube or something if you want. Basically, you kind of like shear your finger off, like the, the ring catches it, and when you try and pull it off, it like pulls the finger off with it. Uh, and yeah, I'm not about that life. So outside of the abject terror that I was experiencing worrying about devastating hand injuries, I, you know, other than that, it was, it was fine. Um, I don't really rate things, you know, I'm not a reviewer and, and so there's no basis for the rating, but I, I would give the bowling like a six out of 10. Uh, it's not a failing grade, but I don't know that I will strive to do it again anytime soon. In addition, you know, when we went, we went on a weeknight, and I think that's probably a big plus as well because the trashy people were not out in mass. Um, I can't imagine a Friday night at a packed bowling alley. I'm sure that that is, I'm sure it's awful. I'm sure there's a lot of people that fight. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that, that become upset uh, over really trivial things. And yeah, I'm not, I'm out, I'm out on the bowling alley on a weekend. I think I'm good there. Um, I will say though, that before I went recently, I, I would have, I would have given it like a two out of 10. So in the end, you know, I'm glad that I went cause I, I get to have a slightly more positive outlook. You know, I mean, shit, two out of 10 to six out of 10 is actually like a 200% increase in positive outlook. So this was really a huge win for bowling. Um, and that's what we do on the walk show. We take losers and, and turn them into to winners. As to the outcome of my bowling games, uh, the first game, I tied for last, uh, but that's largely because I taunted the person who was going to potentially tie or beat me, and so I really ramped up the shit talk uh, to try and prevent them from getting a lead, which did succeed. They did not uh, get a lead, so we did tie for last, which was pleasing for me. And then I did actually win the second game. However, it was with a score barely over 100, so it's not something that uh, is worth sharing, despite me having just done that on a podcast. Um, I'd say if you're thinking about going, going bowling, um, you know, go on a weeknight and maybe take some friends and, uh, get some beers and yeah, you know, I, at worst you can probably get a six out of 10, uh, at best, maybe you get an eight out of 10 or something. I don't know. Maybe it gets way better for you. Um, Maybe you buy like a scratcher ticket and go bowling and then you scratch that off and win. And then you're like, oh, my God, the bowling was was all right. Six out of ten. However, I won twenty dollars on the scratcher ticket that bumped it up to an eight out of ten. Um, 
And yes, that's true that I did just make it so that $20 is worth two extra rating points. I live cheap, folks. If you are not into bowling, I, uh, I've decided I'm going to start providing some some suggestions of content that I've been checking out. So um, please, please check these things out if, you've, if, you, if you find yourself bored or in need of, of some new content to check out. I'll have links for it in the show notes as well. Um, music that I've been listening to a lot recently. I like a, a pretty wide variety of music. I would say I listen to electronic music the most commonly. Um, there's this chick named Maya Jane Coles that I found, uh, on, I listen to Google music, but you know, may as well be Spotify. But anyway, that I found on the streaming service and I can actually just play her whole collection. It's, um, it's electronic music that is, I don't, I don't even know if it's fair to say that it's trip hoppy. Uh, I, it's, it's more down tempo, so it's not, it's not, you know, unta unta techno music. Um, but it's, it's got some some good vocals and some some dope beats and melodies and I don't know I find it really relaxing I'll put it on at work and just just have it on throughout the day and uh, yeah Maya Jane Coles I, I would I'd give her a check out uh, movies that I've watched recently uh, a movie that I just watched for a second time the other day actually uh, is called Gone Baby Gone it's uh, it's set in Boston and it's a story of this this little girl that gets abducted and then. Uh, this private investigator that's hired to try and find her it does not sound like the type of movie that I would be interested in at all. Uh, however, I actually thought it was really good. It's a, it's a, it got an interesting story and to it, and, and you know, from the, the mystery sense, if you will, of you know who done it. But then beyond that, it has kind of an interesting take on on, on itself, I guess you could say. By the end, and I don't. It's kind of unnecessarily vague, but I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that might go see it. So. Uh, gone baby gone and and there's it's set in boston boston accents galore so it, it it's worth something for that i'd say um and then a youtube channel that i've actually been uh i haven't checked out recently cuz i actually don't make new content but it is it's something that i go back to somewhat frequently it's called every frame a painting um every frame a painting and it's this guy who basically just breaks down different elements of film. Now, I have no education in how to make film at all. I don't know anything about the different parts that go into it. But this guy does an excellent job of breaking down different little little things. So, like, for example, he has one that is um, all about how to use silence in, in, in a movie or how to use how to film action movies. Like he talks about how in, in modern action movies, you get all these quick cuts. It's kind of defined by the, I think it was the second born movie. Um, it's all these quick cuts that go back and forth and it's just kind of hard to follow the action. And I think what they're going for in that style is trying to make it so that you feel the chaos, if you will, of the fight. Um, but it's actually just really hard to see what's going on. And so in this every frame of painting, every frame, a painting episode, the guy is, um, is explaining about how in older action movies, you didn't have that many edits. Instead, it was more about trying to, to display the prowess of whoever the actor is, you know, the martial artist or whatever. And so it's, it's usually more wide angle shots and, and more single, single take shots so that you actually can watch them you know, the whole way through and see all the different actions. And he uses like Jackie Chan movies as a really great example of that. Um, 
I don't know, just really fascinating stuff. I, I, I personally think that it's really interesting when you dive into to how things work like that because it's stuff that you just – you don't really think about maybe and then all of a sudden, you know, there it is. Like uh, I have a friend who used to, to work for the, the, the state's Department of Transportation and uh, he's a civil engineer. So he, he knows all about road planning and, and road construction and all these things. And yeah, it's super fascinating to talk to him. Like he 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 can just spit some knowledge on <laughs> why a certain intersection is designed in a certain way, or why a certain material type is preferred over another in, in road construction. And I'm not going to be a civil engineer, but I don't know. It, it's so easy to take things for granted, and and just things just work. And it's crazy sometimes the amount of complexity and decision making that goes into to that. Um, so yeah, every frame of painting I think is a really good example of kind of getting a, a deep dive into um, how movies are made and some of the decisions that people make when when, when making a movie. Uh, and then of course gaming. Um, the the two games I've been playing the most here lately are an MMO called Project Gorgon. Um, it's a a really interesting MMO because it's it's not like any other MMO I've ever played. It's, it's got really weighty consequences for for things that can happen in the game. So, for example, you can get turned into a variety of different animals, and it's not simple to get turned back out of the animal form. And when you're in the animal form, you're just stuck as that. So if you get turned into a pig, your character is just a pig now until you can figure out how to not be a pig anymore. Um, I, I don't know how many different skills there are that you can learn as the character, but there's not the traditional levels. Um, I don't know, really, really fascinating game. Definitely is made by a very small development team, so visually, aesthetically, not the most satisfying. Um, but it's not as bad as, like, RuneScape. So, uh, I don't know. If you, if you like MMOs, I'd say it's worth a shot. Uh, it's on Steam. It's it's 40 bucks up front. There is no subscription. However, um, you... You can play a demo, which is actually just the full game. They just limit your progress after a certain point. You, you can only go get so far. But it's the full game, and you can try that out for free. That's what I did. And after a few hours, I, I went ahead and dropped the 40 and bought the full thing because it's it's great. It's a, it's a really um, unique take on, on an MMO. And then uh, stand-up comedy is something that, that is, is a, a, something that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, it's something that I've I, I don't watch it as much as I used to and, and I, I've found myself recently kind of going back to it but Nate Bergazzi is uh, is a comic that I, I cannot recommend enough he just had a special on Netflix come out so you may have seen him or you, you may have already watched it but he's got a couple of specials on Netflix and he's got um, you can find some of his other stuff on YouTube he's hilarious and he's he's, he's clean which is not a prerequisite for me at all but it it's pretty impressive, you know. It's in the vein of a Sinbad or something where, I mean, really, really good laughs. And it's all <laughs> really silly, really silly premises and, and content. And um, or Brian Regan is another one that's more modern that, that's really mastered that. Jim Gaffigan also very clean but absolutely hilarious. Um, and so I, I think it's someone that, you know, really anyone can check out and you can anyone could listen to it, you know, with your kids around or whatever if you need to. Um, there's just nothing really offensive about it at all. It's, it's just a, a good time. Um, 
yeah, so again, you know, Maya Jane Coles for some music if you're needing it. If you would like to check out a good film, Gone Baby Gone, I recommend. Uh, YouTube channel, I would check out every frame of painting. I, I think he's got probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 different videos. And again, he stopped making new ones a couple years ago, but it, it's still worth checking out. They're great. Uh, and then Project Gorgon, uh, MMO that I've been playing recently, I'd give it a look. And then Nate Bergazzi, new stand-up special on Netflix, really funny. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll have, try to have links to all this stuff in, in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you guys have a, uh, a good week. And uh, stay up. Have a good one. that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much again for listening. Again, in the show notes, I'll have links to all the different content I talked about checking out. Like I always say, if you guys have any comments, questions, anything like that, feel free to email me at walker at the walkshowpodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out the walkshowpodcast.com website. Uh, and be sure to also follow us on uh, Twitter at the Walk Show Pod. And then Facebook, we've got a, a group page there, uh, the Walk Show Podcast. And finally, we have a new Instagram that is also the Walk Show Podcast, so feel free to follow us on there. We'll always announce new episodes on the social media platforms and uh, looking to, to bring more content to you as well and have more on the website besides just the podcast episodes. But that's what we've got for now, so uh, thanks again for listening, folks. Hope you have a great one. Walk, 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 wal